morning, church. How are you? Good, good. We're glad you're here. Uh, my name is Brandon. I'm the pastor, and, and uh, thanks for being here as we, we continue our series on fasting. This is week three of our three-week series, so we're going to wrap up and, and talk uh, about uh, fasting, and specifically fasting uh, as a group together corporately for our community. Um, uh, uh, and and I, I, uh, before we do that, though, I want to just, uh, just a quick conversation. Uh, <clears throat> What are you, what, what are, you don't even know. You don't even, so I came in today and the back booth said, hey, you better, you better bring something up about the game. At least I think that's what they said. <laughs> Maybe they said, don't talk about it. I can't remember, but we'll bring it up anyways. Uh, anybody watch yesterday? So was that a lot of cheering for my team, for God's team? Congratulations. Uh, since last time we met, if you follow football at all, which a lot of us do, some of you are like, I don't even know what that, my wife's like, what, what is going on? Did they, did they get a goal? No, not yet. Uh, uh, my, my, my team has won two playoff games since last time we met. And so I want to thank you all for, uh, you guys were fasting this last week. You didn't even know. You were fasting for that. And so, uh, wow, we're going to keep it in honor of this. I got my, 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 my red on. Uh, it's great. So uh, some of you, um, I got a text. This is funny. I got a text last night from a, a Green Bay fan. And we have actually have a lot of Green Bay fans um, here, which is uh, kind of odd. Like, I mean, we're one of the furthest places from Green Bay, but I, I totally respect it. Like, I, I, it's awesome. It's great. He texted me and he goes, uh, is fasting the Super Bowl count as a fast? And I'm like, you know what, man? It totally does. Yeah, I would too. I think, I, if, you know, it's just, it's upsetting. Um, so we're here, and, uh, and so welcome, welcome. And then uh, for being here as we talk about fasting and, uh, and what fasting is and, what, and why we do it. And, and, and biblically, like, what is the purpose? And we've talked about this the last couple of weeks, and and, and each one kind of plays off the other. So, so um, if you missed the last couple of weeks, it would be helpful to go back. You can watch them online and uh, or even listen to them on Spotify. You can look us up if you, you, know, you prefer to like the podcast thing and just listen while you do other stuff. You can do that too. And, and, and to catch up um, on specifically about fasting, and we're not going to uh, review all of it, but, but we've talked about what fasting is and what it isn't. And it, fasting is not, is not a diet plan. Fasting is not like, uh, you know what, I'm, I'm just, you know, I've, I've still got a little bit of holiday weight, and, uh, and so I'm just going to go ahead and just, I'm just going to skip a few meals. And, 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 and that, uh, though, you know, like, technically as a fast, you're not eating, that's not what the Bible talks about when it talks about fasting. It's not some magic bullet. It's not, uh, it's not, uh, it's not intermittent fasting. We talked about that. It's, it's not that, although that comes to mind when, when you bring up fasting. And its most basic form or definition is uh, is uh, is uh, the self denial of food for a reason. And and biblically, fasting is the self denial of food for a spiritual purpose. And we said this week one. We said fasting places the the spiritual above the physical that's the whole point of fasting you're saying god i care so much about who you are and my relationship with you and and i'm praying and and i I care so much more about the spiritual realities of my life that i i won't even eat food just just as uh, as another means of emphasizing that that man does not live on bread alone as jesus said in the last week we said that fasting fasting adds an exclamation point at the end of your prayer 
So some of us are like, well, why, why do this? I get, okay, you know, spiritual over the physical, but why? And, and one of the reasons really is because like if you're praying and you're praying hard and this is like a big deal request, like if this is, like, like these kinds of prayers are the, hey, if, if you could have one, one prayer answered, what would that be in your life? You come up with one. You only get one. Whatever that thing is, that's the like the big prayer in your life that you're like, this is the thing. This is the thing. Whatever, whatever that is, I get one prayer that I, if God will answer, it's this one. Fasting is like adding an exclamation point at the end of that saying, God, I, I'm, I'm seeking you so much. I'm on my face before you about this thing that I, I'm even going to add fasting to it. And so this morning, we're going to look at kind of a, a third overarching kind of purpose of fasting. And it's this, fasting creates extra space in our lives for God to fill. So fasting is, is, uh, is placing spiritual above physical. It's adding an exclamation point to our prayer. And it's also adding, it's creating space in our life where we're saying, you know what, I, I, need, I need to vote extra time for God. And so I will even just, I will stop eating and I will fill that time with pursuing and seeking God. And, and you know, fasting creates space for God to fill. Throughout scriptures now, we're going to look this morning at a number of uh, what are called corporate fasts. And, and this is, um, uh, I think, often an overlooked aspect of our faith and even fasting because we, uh, we look at Jesus' words and when he talks about when you're fasting, don't, uh, you know, don't, uh, don't put on a show like the hypocrites do. Don't cover yourself with ash and mourn. And, no, 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 just, just do it in secret and your, and your heavenly father who sees what is secret, like he'll reward you based on that. But don't go off showing your, your holiness in front of all the people. And so we, we hear that and we say, okay, therefore no one can ever know that I'm fasting. And if they do, I might as well just eat a meal. It's already over. Jesus said, I got my reward in full. I'll just end my fast. And, and, and though, that, I, though I understand that response and how we, we want to make sure we don't ever be seen as like self-righteous, like, well, you know, look at me, I'm, I'm fasting. There are times where corporately we say together we agree to fast. And it isn't like, a, hey, I'm doing this to, to show off or to be more spiritual than the other person. It's so that we can focus ourselves and collectively say, hey, we're doing this together, actually. This isn't like a, just on your own. Like we have our own times where we do that, but, but together we're gonna come together and, and biblically and, and, and as a community, we're gonna experience a fast together. And by definition, we're gonna know that we're fasting. We don't, might not know like which particular people and which meals, but like collectively, we're doing this. And there are plenty of times in scripture where they do this thing. So we're gonna look at some examples this morning of, of when and why they fast collectively, not just by themselves on their own, collectively. And one of the first reasons is, is that uh, throughout scripture followers of God have fasted corporately to rely on God one of the first reasons is to confess sins collectively so you and I I hope that a part of our regular kind of prayer life is is confessing to the Lord like all right Lord this happened again and please please continue continue I confess this and I know it's forgiven but I just want to I just want to get clean. I want to share it. I want to be clean. James talks about if, we're, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. So Lord, I want to confess. All right. But there are times when collectively 
it is appropriate to say we need to confess our sins. And it might not even be my sin in particular, but collectively we, we might, act like the body of Christ might be guilty of this thing. All right, we're gonna confess this thing. We see this in, in Nehemiah. Nehemiah led a fast this way. Uh, the book of Nehemiah is, a, is a, in a great book in the Old Testament. And, uh, and it's about the, uh, the return of the Jews back to Jerusalem after uh, they've been exiled. And Jerusalem is, uh, is uh, in, like in ruins, in particular, the wall surrounding Jerusalem. And so they, they go back. Um, Ezra and Nehemiah, these two books are kind of like at the same time period. And they're about the return of the Jews from Daniel's time period in Babylon, the return of the Jews back to Jerusalem, and, and then the experience that they had. Nehemiah is a fascinating book. It's actually an incredible lesson on leadership because it's all about Nehemiah's leadership of like the, the Jews coming back to their homeland and they have a building project. They get back and the wall is, uh, is in disrepair. It's like, it's, uh, it is non-existent and it needs, it needs some work. And uh, we, it's hard to think about like the importance of walls in today, like our world today, but like this, the wall around your city was the thing that protected you. It was, it was everything. If you didn't have a wall, you would be conquered. If your wall was too, uh, was too thin or too short or not strong enough, you would be conquered. So your wall was a big deal. This is why all the ancient cities that you can go visit, they all have walls, all of them, because it was the only thing that would defend you against another army. So when they come back to Jerusalem, they realize if we're gonna keep this, we gotta fix this wall. And so the book of Nehemiah is all about his leadership on rebuilding this wall. So they complete the wall. So, uh, spoiler, ready? Uh, they do it. <laughs> and, uh, and upon the completion, they celebrate. And he tells them, go celebrate, enjoy, go eat and drink and celebrate with your family because we have re restored the wall to Jerusalem. Our city is ours again. And then after they celebrate, they come together and, and the, the mood changes a little bit. And in Nehemiah uh, chapter 9, it says this, On the 24th day of the same month that the wall was done and that they, they celebrated, the Israelites gathered together, and look at this, fasting and wearing sackcloth and putting dust on their heads. Those of Israelite descent had separated themselves from all foreigners. They stood in their places and confessed their sins and the sins of their ancestors. They stood where they were and read, look at this, they read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for a quarter of the day and spent another quarter in confession and worshiping the Lord their God. They, they, they were serious about confessing not just their sins, but the sins of the, the generations before them. Sin, listen, sins that they had, they had zero responsibility in committing but still said, Lord, please, confess us. Confess us, forgive us. As we confess the, the sins of generations before us that, that, that turned away from you, we want to confess collectively. Whether we're guilty of it or not, we confess it. Because at some point, we did this against you. Our, our, our people, our, our, uh, those before us sinned against you. So they confessed. They spent six hours reading from the law of the Lord, their Bible, right? Their old, the old Testament law. And, and six hours collectively. And then upon the, the completion of six hours, they went into six more hours confessing and worshiping. That is quite a long worship service. Could you imagine, right? 
If we get over an hour here, people are like, okay, what, what are we, are we done? We, wrap this up. Come on, let's done. They went 12 hours, right? So you didn't know this. We're doing it today. <laughs> they were that serious about confessing collectively. And what did they do when they were confessing during this time? They were fasting collectively as a group to confess sins. The second thing that we see, the second uh, uh, example or another example that we see of, uh, of a group of the body of believers, people of God, fasting collectively is to rely on God for help. The book of Chronicles gives us a history, uh, at least a part history of, uh, of Israel in the Old Testament and their experience of going from king to king. And, and, it's, and it's full. It's full of, of, uh, of, of the experiences and stories of what happened. And, and one of the things that happens over and over is, um, is there, there are always new kings. And, and some, some are good kings. Most are bad. In fact, almost all of them are bad. And so we, we see this story when one shows up uh, uh, who is a good king. It's mentioned specifically in this, uh, in this book, in, in both First and Second Chronicles. Um, and, and it talks about like what they did that was so good and why they were good. And in Second Chronicles chapter 20, we come across a guy named Jehoshaphat. You've probably heard this name. Maybe you don't know much about him, but like, okay, it's, it's an odd name. And so you, maybe you know he was a king of Israel or you just know the name. He was a good king. He was, and he was seen as a good king because he obeyed God's commands. He was known for that. Now, as king, one of your jobs is uh, to lead your nation, your people, but also to protect them. That was the job. How are you going to make sure that we stay safe from all the people who want to destroy us, right? More than just building a wall, how are you going to make sure that, that, that we stay safe and that you keep your crown? So Jehoshaphat is faced with, in Second Chronicles chapter 20, he's faced with, with a war that he knows he cannot win. A war that he knows I will lose to my enemies. They're too, they are, their numbers are too strong and... and there's really, like, I don't see a way out of this. There's no hope here. He, in fact, he's facing three different nations who have allied against him and joined forces to take him out, to, to conquer Israel. And now they show up, and he doesn't know what to do or how he will win. So what does he do? Let's read. Second Chronicles chapter 20. It says this. After this, the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Meunites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already at Hazazon Tamar. That is uh, the name that we know today, En Gedi. You can actually go to En Gedi today. It's right by the Dead Sea, and it's um, it's actually a really lush place in the middle of the desert because there's this, there's this natural flowing water. And, and he says, they're already there, which is really close. It's really close to the Dead Sea. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. And here's what he did. And he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. 
So he puts out this fast. He says, listen, all of us, the entire nation. So at this point, Israel and Judah are two different nations. Uh, um, uh, Judah is seen as the good one. Israel is like the one that is like, can't get their act in order. And, and he's the king of the good one, Judah. And, 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 and he says, I, I don't know what to do. All right, we got to seek the Lord. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to fast. Our entire country, our entire nation is going to fast. And we're going to seek the Lord. And from all over Judah, this, this decree goes out and they come and, all right, let's seek God together because we, we are at, they're at our doorstep and we, we don't have much longer to live here. And then we see that Jehoshaphat goes into this, this, this wonderful prayer and he ends this prayer. We skip down to verse 12. This is how he concludes this prayer. It says this, our God, will you not judge them? these people who have gone after you and your people. For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. And then he says this, and, and this, is, this, is, this is for us. I think that there are times in our life where this is like, this is our prayer. This is what we say. This is our, our perspective, our posture. He says this, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. This is the king in front of all his people and his prayer is, God, I have no idea what to do, but our eyes are on you. And collectively they're fasting saying, we don't have an answer here. This isn't like something where we say like, all right, now we can devise a strategy. They say, God, we are fully dependent on you. We don't know what to do here, but to look to you. The rest of the story goes on and God tells them what to do and they end up defeating it and it's just an incredible story. But, but his response, this man after God, this man who, who obeyed God, this good king, his response wasn't, all right, let me, let me try and figure out how to get my way out of this. His, his response was, all right, collectively, let's fast. Let's fast and seek God together. There are times, I'm gonna guess, in your life where where you're faced with a decision or uh, you need God's help in something and, and you just are almost at a loss. I don't, I don't know what to do. Like, like that, that could easily be your prayer. Lord, I, I don't know what to do here, but my eyes are on you. It would be more than appropriate at that time to say, you know what, maybe as a family, as a couple, or, or maybe you get some people together, hey, can we fast? I'm dealing with this thing, can we, can we just fast? People who understand, who are like-minded, like don't, you know, maybe don't ask your boss who like doesn't know Jesus and you're like, what? But like people who, who you trust, who are part of your, your people, like, can, you fa- can we fast? Here's a third thing we see. And this, this one, this one is, uh, is, um, is a little different than the rest. Another reason we can, we can fast corporately, collectively, as a group, is to prepare for an important decision. More than just simply seeking God's help, but to say, there's, there's this thing coming up and this is a big deal. And so in preparation for, for how this is gonna go, let's fast. In the book of Esther, we see an incredibly brave and courageous woman. Um, and and we, see, we see her do what she can for her people, the Jews. We see that she has found favor with, uh, with the king, with Xerxes. And, uh, and um, it, it, the Bible literally says that he was attracted to her more than anyone else. Like, he was like, okay, who's this lady, right? And, and she kept her, her family history a secret because she knew it would, it would like instantly remove her from any uh, amount of influence and like remove her family. And like, like it, would, it would not be good. So, so she ends up becoming the queen. 
she becomes a queen Xerxes is like all right I can I can literally have any woman I want and I want this one and it's Esther and she loves God and she loves her people but there's a plot that right the plot thickens right and, and there's a plot to kill the Jews because uh, certain people in, the, in, uh, in Xerxes' court, in the, like, they get jealous. And so they're like, you know, let's get rid of them. Let's get rid of the Jews. So there's this plot to remove them, to end them all, to kill them because they won't bow down to anyone else. And, and Esther has to approach the king. Now, this sounds like no big deal. She's the queen. She can do that, except for the fact that anyone who approached the king who was not, it was not an approved request, who was not like an unapproved, like showing up before the king to present something was punishable by death. And it didn't matter who you were. So unless he summoned you, you don't just show up and ask him something. We have the same rule here at New Hope. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. That would be something, that was like, I can't even imagine this kind of, setting and 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 even like what's going through esther's head when she's thinking i have to approach him i mean she's the queen but i also know that if i do this he could end me and so we read in esther chapter 4 it says this esther in preparation to convince the king not to do this it says this then esther sent this reply to mordecai go gather together all the jews who are in susa and look at this and fast for me do not eat or drink for three days night or day i mean this is like a hardcore fast this is a it's called an absolute fast no food and no water that i mean this this is as far as you can go without water and it says this i and my attendants will fast as you do when this is done i will go to the king even though it is against the law. And look at her response. I mean, the bravery. And if I perish, I perish. Listen, here's, I'm going before the king. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to convince him not to do this, to save our people. And so here's what, can you guys do this? Can you fast for me? And that I would have favor on him and this decision that he's gonna make, will you fast collectively for this important decision? I'm gonna fast. I'm gonna have all of my people fast. And, and then at the end, I'm gonna approach him and we're gonna do this. And if I perish, I perish. Will you fast for me collectively? Would you fast for this big decision? And if I perish, I perish. Some of you, you, you fasted this last week and maybe that was how you felt. Lord, <laughs> I'm three hours in and if I perish, I perish. <laughs> but three days, three full days, night and day, will you fast? Because this is an important decision some some of you now i'm i'm gonna guess you're not approaching a king and that you're not in anywhere near a, a similar situation how could we but there are things there are decisions in your life that might feel just as pivotal not maybe life and death but but for you or your family like this is a big decision as to what happens next and especially if the decision is in someone else's hands maybe maybe at that point at that time it might be appropriate to say you know what let's fast about this let's just fast and seek god Let's just place our pursuit and our reliance on God far more than even our reliance just simply on food. So collectively, 
to prepare for an important decision. And then we see one that um, in, in Isaiah, um, a, a chapter that's actually, the entire chapter is devoted to fasting and what fasting is. And, and what we see is there's, there's kind of a different take, like, like God does a little switcheroo on what, fa- on like what, what actual biblical fasting, what the, the kind of fasting that he wants. He changes it up a little bit. And here's what we see, that, that he's going to talk specifically about fasting for the, the welfare of their city, the welfare of their people, of the community. And it says this, um, specifically now about fasting. And, and it starts off with, with God kind of speaking through Isaiah of, of their response, the people's response as to what they're doing and like, why isn't this working? We're doing this. Why isn't, God, why aren't you answering? Here's what it says. Shout it aloud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. And it says this. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. You can almost get a sense of God's sort of like contempt. And they, they, they say they want this, but, but look what they're doing. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say, and why have you not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? God, why do we fast for an answer and you don't give it? And you don't hear our prayers. This is God speaking on behalf, knowing their thoughts and knowing what they're doing. And, and he says that they're fasting and they're fasting as though they're, they're actually seeking me. And, and then they ask this question, why don't you see us? Why haven't you noticed? We're fasting. And then God responds, yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and and fighting and in striking each other with wicked fists. Maybe that's how you broke your fast this last week. (laughs) You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Ooh. God is saying, listen, you can't keep this up. You can't keep fasting like this and think that I'm like, I'm okay with this. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for for bowing one's head like a reed and and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is this what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? Ooh, could, could you imagine? Could you imagine hearing through Isaiah, like God speaking this way to you? Hey, we're fasting. We're doing what you want us to do. And he says, really? This is what you think fasting is? Like, this is what you think you, I want from you. For one day you humble yourselves, you, you lower your head and, and you think that that's, everything's fine, yet you continue to live lives that, in disobedience and mistreating people. Like You continue to do all those things and you think that, wait, if we just stop eating, God will fix my life? Okay. Ooh. I mean, I, I don't know how much like this applies to us, but ooh, that feels like it might. That we think, oh yeah, I'll just, I don't want to change anything about how I live or what I do or how I treat people. I'm just going to fast and God, you better, you, listen, 
I'm fasting. I, I didn't eat today for you, so you've got to bless me. It feels like God is calling out that very attitude and says, really, you think this is an acceptable fast? You fast from food, but you continue to live in disobedience. You think I'm going to honor that? You think that kind of fast is good? And then God tells us the kind of fast he's interested in. And he, and he does a, a switch here. And, 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 and some of this language will even sound familiar to you. Is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen? Here it is, ready? To loose the chains of injustice and to untie the cords of the yoke and to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wandering with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and and not turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then you do these things, then your light will break forth like the dawn and, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. It, then, then I, listen, you do this and I, oh, my glory will protect you everywhere you go. As your rear guard behind you, the place that you don't know, you can't see, you don't know what's behind you, I'll protect that part of your life. And then it says this, then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. What seems to be the case is that God cares more than just simply like, God, I'm not eating. Aren't you impressed? And he says, no, no, no. Actually, here's what impresses me. Ready? When you care about injustice, when you, when you help the needs of those who can't help themselves, who 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 are disenfranchised or like they they simply can't get out of this and you have the power to do this. You know what impresses me? When you fast, you look out for them. You clothe the naked and you feed the hungry and you help the poor. All right, now, now we're fasting. Now, now we're, we're doing something. Now our hearts are actually in tune with what God wants. He says this, more than just simply not eating and wanting to get what you want, he says, think about how you can help the person next to you. In your fast, you know what the kind of fast I want? You know the kind of fast I'm calling for you, my people, is that you would think beyond yourself to the person next to you how you can help someone else. If you do that in your fast, oh, wow, you talk about blessing upon blessing. Here's what we see. Fasting creates extra space in our lives for God to fill. So this week, here's what we're going to do. We're going to fast corporately together, and we're going to fast for our community. So Central Oregon, I know we all live in different cities, and, and Bend and Redmond and, and Sun River and Lapine and all over. All right, wherever you are, wherever your community is, and then specifically, here's what I'm going to ask, that you are praying and fasting for your community, like your street, like, the, like your neighbor's. Like, it's one thing to say, like, oh, we're going to fast and, and pray for all of Ben. Yeah, great, we're going to do that. But also, like, your neighbor next door and across the street and down the street and, and the people that you build relationships with. All right, God, I'm going to fast. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be praying specifically for my community, for people that are, are a part of my life 
that maybe don't know you, maybe they do, maybe they need help, maybe they need, maybe they need assistance, maybe they need you to move in their life, maybe they're dealing with all kinds of issues and struggles and like, God, I know you're the answer. They don't know it yet, but I'm praying that, that one day they would find you. So we're gonna continue fasting. And, and this week, and we're not fasting for like for ourselves or for our family, though that, there's nothing wrong with that. We're fasting specifically now for our community. And, and, and just as, as Nehemiah and Jehoshaphat and Esther and, and, uh, and Isaiah calls us to fast corporately, we're gonna do that. So here's the plan, ready? I am deciding that you are going to commit to, all right, I've decided this for you. We're all going to say, let's fast two consecutive meals, 24 hours. Listen, you can do it. I believe in you. You, uh, if, and, and like, like Esther, if you perish, you perish. But, but we're going to do it. So collectively, together, I, I, I really do hope you take this challenge that you would say like, all right, all right, I can do this. I want to do this. I want to pray and fast for my community, for my neighborhood, for the, 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 uh, those in need in our community. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to be praying for five different areas based on what Isaiah pulls out here. Our prayer focus for our community is first, for healing for the hurting. You may not see it every day, but there are, there are plenty of people in our community who are hurting. And, and, and not even just like financially, like they're just down and out, but, but I mean emotionally, certainly spiritually. There are people, there are people that you know. There are people on your street that are hurting. There are, listen, there are people in this room that are hurting. All right, God, here's what we're praying for. For healing for the hurting. We're going to pray for justice for the mistreated. That, that, that God, God, I mean, so often throughout the, the scriptures that we see God is a God of justice and wanting justice and wanting us to pursue justice and to, to make right what is wrong and justice for the unjust and, and the mistreated. And, and so like, like justice long before, like, uh, like the term social justice showed up, God was already all about justice this isn't some new thing that is like well you know in recent days justice has become kind of important like thousands of years ago god's hey you know what i want you know what i want i want you to pursue justice justice for those who are wronged pursue justice so we're going to pray for justice for the mistreated we're going to pray for spiritual awakening in our community more than just, God, will you meet needs and help people? Here's what we want, Lord. Here's what I want on my street. I want, I want people to be spiritually awakened to who you are and to respond to the gospel. I want them to know you. I want you to keep moving in their heart, and I, I, I want to see, see you do incredible things in the lives of our community. We're going to pray for wisdom for local and national leadership. Uh, this one is always touchy because... Uh, like when we're told scripturally to, to pray for leaders and those in authority over us, we're not told only if you agree with them. Only, only if they vote like the same color as you. Only if they have the same letter on your voting card. If they have an R or a D or an I, like only those people. No, no, no. Listen, 
regardless of whether you voted for this person or not, regardless whether, regardless whether you like them or not, regardless of, of like just at risk here of being a little political, regardless of you vote, if you voted for the current president and you like the last president or you don't like the last president and you like the current president or you're hoping for a new president, it doesn't matter. Regardless, wherever you are, here's what we're called to do, to pray for those in leadership. Whether you agree with them or not, whether their policy is what you prefer or not, here's what we pray. God, will you move in their hearts and their lives and the decisions that they're making for millions of people? And that prayer doesn't change just because of the, the person in the position changes. We pray for our leaders. We pray for our, our leaders in Oregon. We pray for our leaders in Bend. God, we pray for wisdom for those in charge because we know it affects thousands and millions of people. Is that too much? Did I say too much? Did I, did, I, did I offend you? I hope I did a little bit. I hope. I can keep going if you want. I can keep talking. Here's the fifth thing. We want people that we know to place their faith in Jesus. As much as we say, God, will you save people? We, we, here's what I'm asking that you do this week. That God, will you save and you, you name that person or people? The people on your street or your neighbors or your, or your family members or, or friends or coworkers that you're really close with, the ones that you're like, God, move in their life. People, whether they're close to you or far from you, this, this week I'm focusing people that I know by name. I'm gonna pray, God, that you would move in their life, that they would come to know you. That as I fast, God, I am praying for them. So here's what we're gonna do practically now, all right? Uh, at some point, some point today or tomorrow, uh, relatively soon, here's what you're going to do. Here's, here's um, the, the process by which you will, uh, will do this fast. Number one, go to the next one. Our corporate fast. You're going to first pick a day. Pick a day to fast. One day. Uh, we're going we're gonna to start tomorrow. So today, like, you're not behind. If you, in fact, eat whatever you want today, right? Tomorrow we die <laughs> and starting tomorrow pick a day Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or Saturday pick a day in the next six days to say alright this is the day I'm going to fast and, 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 and be, be smart about this maybe there's certain days like, like if you have a dinner plan with like your neighbors like, like don't fast that day but pick a, pick a different day be smart about this but say alright you know what uh, maybe as a family or as a couple, you say, we're going to fast on this day. This day makes the most sense. All right, let's do it. We, we can do this. And you're going to fast two consecutive meals on your day. But before you do that, here's what we want. We want you to register, sign up online. And, and this isn't like some like, way, reason we can follow up or like, no, really. What we want to do is send you a devotional for you to do on your day. So when you sign up and say, I'm going to fast on Tuesday. Awesome. We're going to send you a devotional that you can pray through, read through, so that on Tuesday you're ready to go. And during, at some point during the day, you're going to spend a 30 minutes in devotion and prayer over these five prayer points. You're going to read through some scripture and say, all right, Lord, in, in place of my meal today or my couple meals, I'm going to give some extra time to you. So collectively, corporately, as a church, as New Hope Church, we will be fasting this whole week various you know various numbers of us fasting on on different days but but as a as a church we're saying all right god collectively just like in the old testament just like even in the new testament we, we want to fast as a as a 
as a people of, of God, as, a, as followers of you, we want, we want to collectively fast on behalf of our community and, and on behalf of, of those we love. Now, church, can we do this? Can we do this, right? I, I, listen, here's what we're asking. For you, for one day, one day this week, to think beyond yourself, to, to say, all right, God, I'm going to place the spiritual above the physical. I'm going to add an exclamation point to my prayer, and I'm going to create space for you to fill, and I'm going to pick a day, and God, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm diving in, and, and I, want to, I want to seriously, I want to seriously seek you and pursue you on behalf of my community. Would you do this? Would you stand with me as we, as we pray and and get ready to worship the Lord together. Now here's one of, the, one of the easiest ways you can do this. You can go online and sign up through that. You can find a little tab. Or, or the easiest way is to scan. There's a QR code in the seat in front of you. you just scan that one. And it'll, it'll literally take you right to the page to sign up. So before you leave, you can just scan your phone and register right then and there. right? Or at least mark the web page. But collectively, corporately, we're going to be fasting this week for our community, for people who don't, who are far from God. We're going to be, we're going to be seeking God for the people of, of Central Oregon. Would you do this? Would you pray with me as we get ready to sing to the Lord? So Lord, we thank you and, and we do commit this week to you and we want to seek you and, and we do pursue you. We want to place the spiritual far above the physical. And so this week, this week collectively, we want to focus on you and we're going to be people who are praying and fasting for the good and the welfare and the benefit of our community. We love you, Lord, and we sing to you now, prison, in Jesus' name. Let's worship.